interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good morning, Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska. This is Dan Albert, Friendly Fire this beautiful Saturday morning. Love to be here, love to fill in for Pastor Dr. Stu Kearns, who usually does this show, but I've got a three-week, this is the middle of the three weeks I get a cover for him, and I am excited to do it. And every one, every each of these weeks, uh, I want to bring a range of guests. Last week we had a guy who, I, who was Lance, who sat on his front porch all the time and communicated with all kinds of people near the east campus of the University of Nebraska. And this week, got two of the people that are really interested in a father and a son and uh, here's how I here's why I picked them the son uh, I first met when he walked into my classroom a robotics classroom at uh, Omaha Central High School this year I walk in I don't know much about robotics he walks in and the first thing he did was hand me this piece of equipment says you need to use this when you talk to me I said oh Wow, that's interesting. So, and then day after day over a course of a year in the robotics classroom, he often came in and sat down and talked to me, and we talked a range of of topics, and I found him incredibly interesting. And then he started telling me about his father, and I got to have both of them in studio with me this morning, and we're going to dig into communication, how father and sons work, maybe about how education's happening. So... I want to introduce you to them. And uh, the son who int- who intrigued me for the entire year is Miles. Miles, welcome. Thank you for allowing <laughs> me to come. Yeah, allow you to come. I, <laughs> I invited you to come. You're a guest. Yeah. It's not allowing. And his father, Michael Severe. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to have you with me. I really appreciate it. Both of these guys came from Omaha. They're Miles is a student at Omaha Central. Miles, uh, what, you'll be a junior next year or a senior? I'll be a senior next year. Senior next year. And i got to tell you quickly, just as anecdotal information, I first met him. He first hands me this piece of equipment. He says, when you talk to me, you need to talk with this thing on. And I had no idea what it was. You know, I'm a farm boy from, I had no idea. Why why would I have to talk to this? And, And over the course of the year, I found out why that was necessary and, but here's the other thing I first remember about Miles. This boy, and I want to talk about this today, about attitude. This kid has one of the best attitudes. Uh, when he was in school, he smiled at me every day. He would joke with me from the very beginning. And I want to understand how that develops because many of the students I met at Central High and in most places just don't seem to have that kind of excitement about being a young person today. And I want to sort of dig in, why is that happening? Um, so it's part of the reason I have him here. And so I want to introduce you to them. Um, Michael, welcome. Sir. Hey, thanks for having us. We appreciate thanks it. Thanks for yeah. coming yeah. down here from Omaha to be with us this morning on Friendly Fire. And Miles, um, did you enjoy robotics class? It was all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I, I appreciate it being all right. I, You know, that's always a- It was a classroom. We got to talk to our peers, so that was quite fun. Uh, we built some robots. We tried to have a race. That was, a, that was pretty good. First thing we did was make a obstacle course with no obstacles, just lines on the ground. That was quite fun. Uh, but you liked fun. it. 
Did you like it? I liked it, yeah. Thankfully, I had a good partner who helped me along the way. Yeah. Well, and again, um, you, you interested me from the very beginning for two things. I, w- I want to dig into these, and I want to talk to your father about these. Um, let me ask you this, uh, Michael. I asked you to come here and have this with your son. I'm guessing you understood what the topic might be, how the relationship between you and your son, and talk about your son. Why would you agree to do it? Um, somebody had to get him here, so I, uh, I, I decided to do that. I, I didn't want him to drive over. He's just, he's been driving for about a year, but he hasn't really been on the interstate much. But I, I thought it was interesting. I wanted to hear what he had to say. Um, that thing we were talking about is called an FM system. FM system. And Miles has had an FM system with teachers since he was a, a little kid, so each of the teachers wears it around their neck, so it goes straight to his hearing aids, which are called Ponto hearing aids. They're, uh, Behind the ear, anchored device. It's anchored into his skull, so uh, it's a titanium bolt. He's had it since he was uh, two and a half years old. Jeez, what a! I we're, hopefully dig into this a little bit. I when he told me about this, I was like I was in the twilight zone, and I'm a science person. Yeah. And I said, "What the heck? What is this? Why is this?" They invented them for spying in World War II. That's where the Baja, the bone-anchored hearing device, comes from, the technology. Bone-anchor hearing device. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's sounds- actually, equipment is the Baja, B-A-H-E, but it's a device now. So they, And now he has a, the brand called Ponto. A little bit different shape, a little bit different. Uh, you've had Pontos for a while, but you had Bajas to start off with. Yep, yep. Bone-anchoring sounds terrible. Well, when he so it, it, was, it was a big debate in the hearing loss community on when you could get these things installed. And you had certain doctors, especially here in Omaha or here in Nebraska, they said you had to be six or seven years old. And we didn't like the idea of him having to wait to get him that long. So we went to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Uh, Dr. Naparo is the name of the doctor who was willing to do it much earlier. Did it at two and a half. Um, put it in there, wait six months, put the hearing aid on it. So we were very happy to, that he could have that. Before that, you wear a band around your head. It's a rubber band. And it then um, it's made of rubber or yeah, but the fabric's around the rubber part of it. To be able to hold on his head as a baby, and it kind of sits there back on this little nodule that's right behind your ear, and that conducts all the sound into you, because he has no ears. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish we had a visual for, with this podcast, because you could see the father putting his hands around his son's head. I mean, this is what <laughs> father and sons do when they've been through a path like this, I suspect, when you've been through a path like this. Miles, I remember that one day you told me, and, and we're going to get into this more, but I appreciate you guys having this. One day you told me how many surgeries you've had. Yes. How many was it? Ooh. It shocked me. Uh, I've oh. had my tonsils out, so when we talk about uh, surgeries. Uh, okay, I've had over 30. The topic came up because my dad was having a knee surgery or a knee replacement. Yeah. And you've had, and how old are you? Seventeen. So a little 18. over two surgeries a year if you if you spread it out. Yeah. But somewhat. it's but I'm guessing they were more concentrated than that, right? You didn't have them from the very when when was five days was the first one. Five days. Oh, I guess not too terribly concentrated. He was five days old. Um, he the first major surgery he had was a jaw distraction. Uh, they had a thing where they looked in on his uh, epiglottis. Because he had a floppy epiglottis. Epiglottis. Yeah, so that's the little thing that falls over your food circle so the food doesn't go down while you're trying to breathe. So, you know, you have an epiglottis, one you breathe through, one you eat through in your throat, and the one that you eat through or breathe through, for some reason, it wouldn't stay up. It kept falling. And because of that, he was losing air. And But 
we ended up having the five days old. Dr. Miller did the first external jaw distraction on him. And since then, he's had this, he's had five of those. You know, um, Michael if, and, and Miles both, if, if I had thought about the first time I heard about, how many surgeries did you say? Over 30. Over 30 surgeries. As soon as I heard, heard that, I fell back in my chair. Mm. Because that's intimidating to me to think. When I was, if I was 17 or a parent of a 17-year-old, that I had gone through or been part in a hospital 30, how many times? More than 30 times. More than 30 times by age 17. I certainly don't see myself being happy. This is what what messed me up about you. You smiled more in that room than most of your classmates. And part of what we're going to dig in, well, I'm telling you what I saw, so you can't (laughs) argue with me about this. I saw this, whether you agree with me or not. You can agree with that, disagree with that. You're one of three kids. Yeah, sure. Smile a lot. Okay. Okay. I want to know. I want to dig in today because Friendly Fire is all about how the people get along. How do they communicate? How do they enjoy living in this world? That's what Pastor Stu Kearns is interested in. How do people get along? How do we get along better? How do we How do we figure out how to work with people that are different than us? And when you told me you'd had all these surgeries and you were smiling, I frankly had intimidated me. Because I'm pretty sure if I'd had all these surgeries and I was your age, I'd be, I'd be probably in a shower in a fetal position trying to hide. I'm telling you how it struck me. So what I want to dig into when we return on Friendly Fire here after this break is how did this happen? Because attitude is a big deal. You guys seem to have such a positive attitude. I want to understand why that's true when we return on Friendly Fire. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Back on Friendly Fire, this is Dan Alberts, and I'm pinch hitting for uh, Pastor Stu Kearns this Saturday. I got to do it this Saturday and next Saturday, too. And next Saturday, I'm going to have uh, Senator Danielle Conrad in the studio with me, and we're going to be talking the same topic. How do we communicate better? How do we... How do we deal with people that are somewhat different than us? How do we take differences and turn them into positives? Um, so Senator Conrad and I will be talking about that next week. But this week I get, was my most exciting of the three weeks because this student that I've got with me in studio and his father are the people that, that put me back in my chair the most I've had happen to me for some time. And the reason is, Miles, is because as a junior, correct? You were a junior this past year. You walk into the room, what, 16 years old? 16? Yeah. Okay, a 16-year-old boy, and then he tells me he's had over, he hands me this thing because it helps him hear an FM receiver, transmitter. He smiles when he walks in the room. He's always got a good smile on his face. And then he tells me some point into the year that he's had all these surgeries, and, and you have more schedule, correct? One more, uh, June six. Well, June sixteenth, and then another one some other time after that. You see, and you were talking to somebody at that time, and that uh, you know the biggest surgery I had is when I had my tonsils out at ten, and I had to have ice cream given to me, and I I pouted for three days. You had at the same time you'd had over thirty surgeries or whatever, okay. and you are smiling, and I'm in. I wouldn't have been that person, and that's what intimidated me, and. W- but I found it so intriguing and so important that the rest of us, the Friendly Fire audience, understands how does that happen. So I got you and your father in here today 
just try to say, how do you keep that attitude? How did you have a better attitude than most students that I had a chance to be with this year at Omaha Central High School when you've had this background? It seems almost paradoxical to me. So uh, I ask you first, Michael, why do you, why do you think, how does that happen? He was always a happy baby. I mean, even well, so, you a, think it's infinite. genetics? I think it's genetics because we have we have two kids, <laughs> Miles and Logan, and they're diametrically opposite in terms of the way they handle things. But he always was. He would walk up and go talk to people when he was a little kid. Um, he would, you know, he'd walk up and want to play with the other kids in the group. He was always really friendly. Uh, always had a smile on his face. It was just the way he's always been. And, and I mean, he's had some tough times, obviously, in, in hospital rooms after major st- surgeries. Um, but for the most part, it never lasted a long time. He has an incredible pain tolerance. He's always had that since he was a little kid. Um, and it's just something about him. I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with the way we raised him. Really? I think it's more uh, just the way he was born. We're going to get it through. We're going to cut through that crap. I, th- I think I it was just the way. I, I really don't believe know. you for a second. My, Miles loves, he loves video games, right? He, 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 and he likes TV, watching some stuff on television. And, and, he, and he really likes talking to people. That's, you know, he's at, he works at hy V and kind of had the opportunity to go to one of the departments. Um, but I think he stayed, you know, doing carts and staying on the front end so he could talk to people, talk yeah. to customers, and talk to the checkers. He, he just likes to interact with people. Michael, look, I, I, I work in education my whole life, mm-hmm. and almost everyone would want to know what the secret sauce is for parents to get, a, to get a young man that can be in school all day and smile most of the way. And it's not, maybe it's all genetics, but I doubt it. I think there's, he also there's has other aspects of it. I, so I want to know what those aspects are. I think he has like um a, a rolling song in his head all the time because he's always kind of like bopping along and kind of saying. And obviously his phone goes straight in. That's another thing. So it's Bluetooth hearing aids. So we never know what he's listening to. We can't hear it. It's going straight <laughs> into his head. But even when he doesn't have that going on, he's always kind of always bebopping, singing, talk. He has long conversations with himself. I'm like, who are you talking to downstairs? He goes, myself. So he's just he just entertains himself. He's just that way. I don't. I really don't believe because I don't think there was a. Obviously, the second kid never gets the same attention as the first child, especially when the first child has so much stuff going on. Um, but I don't think that is why he is. I just think he's this way because so it's all his, genetics. I think it's a lot all of it, the luck of the draw. I think a lot of it. Is, I mean, I was born talking a lot. My wife's a big talker. Um, we both are. Miles is. Logan's not. Um, he's around all of us. Same kid. Something about it. I don't know. I think it's where you're born. Well, I'm going to keep digging in with you, Michael, because this this intrigues me. And so, Miles, hold on. I can see where you get your uh, stubbornness. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> his stubbornness, that's from his mother. That's right, not uh, from me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Mother, who's calling me right now? It's definitely the mother. It's not me. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Michael. Yeah, uh, sure. When you first found out you had all these, that your son was not going to be you can the say average normal. child. Yeah. How'd you do, how'd you deal with it? So it was really weird because we're we're in the operating room and my wife's getting a C-section. Thirty six year thirty six hours into trying to be induced, it wasn't working. She got a C-section, and I just so happened to know the doctor pretty well because I worked with his son at Channel Seven. So I knew the doctor. We're having a long conversation. He's doing the surgery, and everything's very happy and cheery in this room at the time. And we're again, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. I wanted to be a doctor as a kid, so I'm like, so where are you moving this bladder over to? What are you doing with the intestines? I, I'm looking over. I'm watching this whole thing. I'm all masked up. Right. And You're in the way, probably. I'm, I'm in the way, probably. <laughs> and, he's, and, and right when they reach in to pull out Miles, the first thing they say is, wow, he's got a full head of hair. 
got this dark hair. And he pulls him up, and immediately there was silence in the room. Silence. I couldn't see him, but you could tell that something was wrong. And they rush him out. And we were really lucky that night. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. And the nurse we had was a surgical nurse. Anybody who knows hospitals, these are the best nurses. These surgical nurses, she gets on flights when they have to go put people in emergencies. She's the one they call in for big stuff. So we luckily had her so she could get an IV and miles and everything else. But anyway, they take him right out of the room. I had one job. My wife had said, get a picture of him on the scale, right? So despite what was happening, I followed them in the room. I get the picture of him on the scale, and then they rush him off. Before they rush him off, this nurse says to me, <laughs> she goes, I'm not sure if he has eyes. I know he doesn't have ears. There's something with his swallowing. I can't tell what it is. We're going to go figure this out. They take him off the NICU. And so then I got to go back in the room, and Chris has asked me what's going on. My wife and I'm trying to explain to her that they're, they're doing some work, and they're going to take it back to the NICU. And, and so then they put her out for the closing. And then the next, you know, the next 36 hours were crazy because we were finding out about Treacher Collins Syndrome, what he has, um, trying to figure out which one of us passed it on to him, um, me. Uh, and then, you know, just finding out. And, and it was such a weird – Omaha is the, the biggest small city in the country – the pharmacist at the hospital at UNMC had it, has Richard Collins. This is a rare syndrome. And one of the nurses in the NICU, her grandson had it. So they immediately could talk to us about what we could expect. It wasn't anything that was going to affect the way his brain worked or the way he learned. It was simply physiological. And we were going to have to have a lot of surgeries. And, and immediately within four days, they had a plan laid out for us. You're going to have this amount of jaw distractions keeping him be able to breathe. And by the time he's 16, he's going to have something called a Lafort 2 procedure where they're going to pull his mid-face out, we're going to build him a jaw, and that'll be it. They told us that when he was like five days old. Let and me so ask you something. I want to stop you right there, Michael, yeah. for a second. You, All these people were, the right people were all lined up. Yeah, was, yep, definitely. Okay, random or was this some synergy? I'm going to make you, I'm going to try to <laughs> stop not, you. See, I I'm know, not, I want to I'm make you tell big, me. I'm not a big religion person. Oh, I didn't person. say you were. I'm, I'm not, asking I'm not, I'm you, which I is think, it? I think it's more of the fact that Omaha brings so many different people from so many different places in, for whatever reason, usually it's military, uh, and gets them here. And so it gives you this wide, diverse group of people. Well, not this was just an accident. I think it was. I think we were just, I think it's funny how many, so we've been to four, three, excuse me, three different Trisha Collins symposiums. We've been to L.A., we've been to Baltimore, we've been to a couple different places, right? And when you go to these things, you meet all these other kids that have Trisha Collins, and these adults. And they all have very similar stories. Our, our stories are almost exactly the same. If you watch the movie Wonder, that's our, that's, that's our life in many ways. The came from the book. Um, it's, a lot of it's like that. A lot of it, the, even the moment in the emergency, in the um, birthing room is just like that. Just like that in the movie, where they goes from being everybody excited and happy to being, oh, my God, something's wrong. Um, and then the process of the surgeries, Miles going to school, us being terrified of him going to school because we didn't know how kids would treat him. Um, we didn't know how they would, how they would react to his, the way his face was it or his ear. We, we just didn't know. And so you go through Were all of terrified? that. terrified? Oh, yeah. I was terrified when he started high school. I really was. And it was weird because high school was so weird for him because as a freshman, it was COVID. So they were at home. And then when they finally did go to school, he had to wear a mask. Well, halfway into that, he had his tongue surgery to where he had to wear a towel inside of his mask to collect the blood that was draining. He, it was hell. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that he went through was not normal high school. And so, yeah, I was, I was very, I'm very pleased. Omaha Central's been great. I, I think he feels the same way about Omaha Central. We've been very pleased. Very helpful teachers. I think the kids have been good for the most part to everybody. Um, I think it's been great. Yeah. Wow. I want to, di- 
we could dig into this all morning. Um, we're going to return to this, and I'm going to bring you into this mix, Miles. I can see if I get your dad fired up, he'll talk straight through, and he's got a ton to say. But you're the one that's walked through all this path, and you've done it. I mean, my year with you, I go home some days, Miles. I'm telling you this truth here. I, I check my attitude with my wife, and I say, my God, this kid makes me look like I'm a wimp. He smiles way more than me. He's happier than me. And I want to understand, how do you have that? In my mind, it's an issue of courage. It must be an issue of, I'll say the word faith or something, but I don't know what you would say. But we're going to talk more about this with you. How do you keep this attitude, or how do you have this attitude when we return on Friendly Fire? Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Back with Friendly Fire. This is Dan Albert's pitch hitting for Pastor Stu Kearns. I get to do it one more week. I really am grateful to Pastor Stu Kearns. And I'm also really grateful to KLIN radio, radio because they make a real effort to have local local shows the best they can. I know they always have to go out of their way to help produce this stuff. It'd be easier, I suspect, if you just put on national news or something, but you go out of your way to develop these productions. So I've been able to do this for years, and I really appreciate it. And I I really appreciate Pastor Stu for, um, you know, he lets me do this for three weeks, but then he fixes almost everything. So he he has very little faith that I'm going to do it correctly. But he lets me do it anyway. So I'm great to be here. Love to be here. And in studio with me, I've got um, Miles and his father, Michael Severe. Thank you. Miles and I had class together. I taught him. I was with him. We were together in a robotics class this year at Omaha Central on the fourth floor of the building. And he would come in on days, and I'd always... And I, I couldn't wait to have him come down and sit inside I had this little office area. And once in a while, he'd come in and sit down and just start talking to me about things. And I could have almost skipped entirely over robotics because I was so interested in just listening to him and watching his enthusiasm. Because you can't talk. I couldn't talk to Miles without being enthused. What an impact that had on me. You know, I drove 60 miles to get there, belly ached about it every day that I had to drive from Lincoln to Omaha to Omaha Central. Students, you know, teachers, you're always belly aching about how hard students are. And then here's this kid, you, who would walk in, smile on your face, always, you just, you just spread enthusiasm. And I became so intrigued because then you started telling me about how you got here. Your path is so different than most, most people. So, Miles... I know this question is going to throw you a little bit. What's the secret sauce? How do you do this? Uh, you know, yeah. if you could sell this, if you and I could package this, I'm a lawyer, we could package this, we could copyright it, patent uh, it, and send it out to people. People would love to be as happy as you appear to be. Uh, Why is that? Because uh, it, <laughs> I've been through a lot when I was young, so I know the whole process. So it doesn't bug me as much. Okay, so you've been through. Okay, that's a paradox. I've been through all of this, so it hasn't broke me very much. It, see, my in my uh-huh. world, I've been through all this, so it broke me. Not that it didn't break me. Yeah. Well, I was a little lad at five when <laughs> I had my first surgery, so it just kind of happens, and I just roll with it. The most annoyed I was was not getting food the day before surgery. That, that always. Your sucked. biggest issue was I didn't get. Ice cream before the surgery? Well, yeah, I was surfing. 
Yeah, I got very hungry. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but see, you said, I just rolled with it. See, that's the magic. How did you just roll with it? I got many toys. Oh, so you were you were bribed into rolling with it. Yes. Oh, so you, if you hadn't got the toys, you wouldn't have this attitude? Are you... Come on. I got to skip school. I got some cool toys. I got to see my friends when they came in, back when they did that sort of thing. So you thought it was a benefit? Yes, especially back then. Nowadays, I care. I I don't like surgeries that much nowadays. You don't like surgeries? Huh. Nowadays, <laughs> because they're kind of scary. Oh, really? The last, the last, let's say, two, uh, recovery sucked. Okay. So I just, you know... I just do not like that. But with, like, the most recent surgery, all the recovery is going to be is just going to be maybe, like, an hour or two in the hospital, and then I get to go home. That's all recovery. So it's no big deal. Yeah, this one coming up is just sewing off a hole in my stomach and just sewing off my Oh, just sewing off the hole in your stomach and what? Uh, putting putting fat into my cheekbones? To his cheeks between. He's got metal got braces in here, okay. and the braces... And he, when he says in here, he's pointing at his cheek. Yeah, lower mandible area. So if you're talking about um, when you're talking, you know, your skin's moving against the bone and yeah. all that. Well, he's got metal there, so it's aggravating. And so they're oh, going to yeah. put fat in between there. They're just going to stick some fat in there and fix a hole in your stomach just an hour in the surgical room, right? Mm-hmm. Do you understand that most of us would most of us would say, God, really? i got to do this? Well, really? Have, no, no, that's a given. Most uh, of us... And myself included, would say, yeah. "Dang it, this is unfair." You don't. Do you ever say that? Uh, after the surgery, with the last two, a little bit, but that was just because I was in pain. But after that, oh, uh, there was some pain with the surgery, wasn't there? Yeah, the giant scar on my head. They had they had <laughs> something in there that they just took out brute force. That wasn't fun. No, oh, really, they took what out of your head? Part of his skull. They took part of his skull out. To help build the the chin. That wasn't fun. Three doctors, nine hours. You had a cranial facial guy. Um, You had another one who was dealing with uh, his breathing, and another one that was dealing with rebuilding, so plastics. So he had three surgeries, nine hours, three surgeons, and and they basically rebuilt his lower face. And your biggest statement, Miles, was that wasn't fun? Yeah, that wasn't. It wasn't nice. It wasn't. Yeah. Is there is it, could there be a bigger understatement than that wasn't fun? Do you understand what an understatement that is for most of us? I do, yeah. Okay, I, why? Oh. Why is it that you? Well, I want to sell this secret sauce. Tell me what it is. Uh, I just went through many surgeries, and I just roll with the punches. I guess that works. See, that's the result. I roll with the punches because. Get free stuff. I don't know. Okay, just go in You know, if they stop at Dairy Queen and get me some ice cream, I'm good. Exactly. I got like <laughs> I got a ton of gift cards that we still haven't used. A ton. Oh, God. You are. Oh. And then the, la- the last surgery you had, um, there's a group called Bags of Fun. And Bags of Fun, um, their whole organization. When the kids in the hospital, especially for long term, they raise a bunch of money and then they build you essentially a bag or a basket of whatever you like, um, toys, computer games, whatever it is, dolls or whatever, and they bring that to the child in the hospital as they're recovering. And so when he got a surgery, one of the first things he looked for was 
his bag. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, they bring it in, and, you know, as bad as it was, and how much pain he was in, his whole head was wrapped up, he couldn't talk. As bad as it was, he um, ended up getting that, and it made him feel a lot better getting that bag. You know, Miles, I, what, you know, part of, part of the reason here I want to have this conversation with you is because most adults, in my, my view, are looking for the magic sauce. Are you happy? Or? Yes. All right. They go way out of their way. People go to the bars and drink. People take drugs. People go on these vacations where everything is all-inclusive and what the intent is and what people seem to be searching for is, is how do I do, if I do enough of this, will I become happier or more satisfied or more okay with my life? That's my perception of what most of us adults are doing. You seem to have all of that at 17 with these, after being through something that most of us, in my view, would throw us. And, and I want, this is where I want to vertically go down. When we come back with Friendly Fire, I want to go right there with you and get you to best I can, you and your father, to dig in with me and tell me how that really happened. Because if we could bottle, you, you and you and I have talked about this during the school year. You should go out on the speaking circuit. No. No, I'm telling you. And what you want to talk about is how it is that you, were able, that you have this attitude. Because that will sell. Okay. Because most of us are searching for that attitude. You smile more than anyone I've ever seen. You come into the room happy every day. You never, you never were defensive about, here's how I got screwed compared to other people. Now, if you've ever felt that way, I never saw it. And I was with you for 180 days, and trust me, I watched you every day because I was so interested in how you are. And when we come back on Friendly Fire in our last segment, which this hour always flies by, I want you to see if we can dig in with you and your father and see if we can help our audience understand how do you develop that attitude. So we'll do that when we return on Friendly Fire. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. This is Dan Alberts, Infinity. Friendly Fire with Saturday morning. Really glad you're with us. If you don't get a, if you didn't get a listen, obviously if you didn't listen to it live today, I hope you'll listen to the podcast. They put a podcast on this on KLIN Radio. I always want to be thankful to the KLIN uh, owners and operators here because they're so good to work with. I appreciate it a lot. I appreciate Pastor Stu Kearns giving me the opportunity to sub and hit for him. And in studio with me today, one of my favorite people who I've learned more from. I was his teacher. But I, I truly, Miles, uh, I, I truly believe I was the student. I do. I, uh, there's one thing to be able to teach someone how to build a robot. I'm an engineer and I can do that. And you follow instructions, and the instructions are pretty clear. There, you do this, put this bolt here, do this, turn it tight. Uh-huh. That's one thing. Having instruction or a, a model of a person who can carry a, a great attitude, which is really what I suspect most of us are searching for. How do you how do you have a positive attitude? How can you how can you spread positiveness amongst others? Um, which I think
think makes the world better. I think it, it'll help us bridge disagreements. I disagree with a lot of people as a lawyer, but if I find that if I can find a way to bridge those differences through good relationships, that solutions to problems become much easier to find. And Friendly Fire is all about how can we disagree without being disagreeable? And then also how to find solutions to disagreements that we have. That's what this show is about. And you model this behavior better than almost anyone I've ever met. So if I was to sit down with somebody as my instructor, it would be you. Because you model it every day. And I learn from people who model things. I don't like people who tell me the steps. I like people that show me the steps. Show me the money, as as the old saying is. In your case, you showed me the attitude. And In this last segment in Friendly Fire, I want to see if we can ask you and your father, Michael, what, what what are the components of that attitude? When you walk into school building in the morning, for an example, well, let me ask you this. When you wake up in the morning, are you just naturally happy? No. I woke up in the morning at 6.30. I'm not, I'm not the most happy, but I'm just tired, I guess. Okay. You don't ever act tired. Well, it's 6.30 in the morning, and I just woke okay, up. Okay, so if I saw you at 6.30, you'd be tired. Yes. So I when is it that after you wake up at 6.30, you don't act tired anymore? I mean, I saw you about eight o'clock or something or something. You weren't never acted tired then. Right. Well, uh. so somewhere between six thirty and eight o'clock, when I met you for about one hundred and eighty days in the school year, you didn't ever look tired to me. So how did that happen? You've had all these surgeries. You got more coming. Yeah. How? Uh, okay. I like to listen to music, and I like hanging out with my friends. I guess that's one way to be happy. Okay. Okay. Was right. it difficult? Video games. Yeah, video games too, that, that as well. So we should give more people phones and let them play video games for the first hour in the morning. Would that be a good sauce, do you think? No, because well, it, they already do it. it. They already do it. Okay. Well, they yeah. don't seem happy. Not like you. Mm. They have to pick better music choices. Maybe that's <laughs> it. I don't know. Okay. So if we had better selection of music, no, go back in time. Go back to the 80s and 90s. We'll see how that goes. Okay. So gather different music from 20 years ago. Yes. That would be the secret sauce. Maybe. That's just my music preference. Okay. It well, that could it, work. It works for you. Yeah. That's one of the elements yeah, of ha- being happy or having a great attitude. Do you yeah. understand you have a great attitude? Sometimes I do, yes. I don't think I ever saw you when I didn't see it. Were you making it up when I saw you every day for the whole school year? Mm. Were you making up your attitude? I don't know. Like, uh... Well, if you don't know, then you know you weren't. I mean, if it was just who you were, then your attitude's great. I got to observe it. Michael, you've, you've obviously you've known him his whole life. What is it? Why? And don't tell me it's all genetics. I'm not saying that it's genetics. I'm yes, saying let me say this way. I, I think I think some kids are born to be extroverts. I think some kids are born to be, as they call me when I was little, an Eminem, a motor mouth. I think some kids are just born to be that way. But he, but you you will talk to people. I I think it's more than um, the fact that he's had these surgeries and he's rolled with the punches. I just think that Miles has always looked for fun. 
you know, whether it is in video games or cartoons. He would watch Elmo endlessly. He would watch Elmo on a loop. He had a surgery when he was about five or six years old, and it was one where he was in a lot of pain afterwards. And we put Elmo on, and it was on VHS back then. And so, you know, when the VH would end, you'd have to push it back in. It would rewind. you got to push it back in. And he would cry from the moment the VHS stopped till he pushed it back in, which about three minutes, and he would, like, scream cry. And he, we, that was 24 hours, literally 24 hours that went on. Um, but it, it, as soon as we were out of the hospital, he was miles again. He was a happy-go-lucky kid looking to have some fun. But see, Michael, if we're going to sell this recipe, we yeah. got to come up with some of the ingredients. I think a big, you can't a big keep telling me the end without yeah. telling me how it got there. I think a big part of the ingredients is is that you know we took care of him. We always were there to take care of him whenever he needed something. Did you ever feel um, cheated, Michael? No, I want to know. Us? No, yeah. oh, no, no, not at all. No, My goodness, you had three. Yeah, he was yeah, in the he's hospital. Great. With no, all the time. he's he's great. There was a, a moment um, where we thought. We were going to have to get divorced because the way the insurance thing was working, stuff was costing so much, it would have been cheaper for us to get divorced. My wife moved to Iowa. I stay here, and she'd be able to get the benefits of being able to have the medical coverage that's in Iowa opposed to Nebraska. Uh, those were tough times at that point, right? Really? That was, there were tough times. Those were tough times. But the majority of the time, you know, I was working two jobs almost always, so I was always kind of <laughs> half asleep. Going to sleep. But it was always, you get there, Miles would be in the crib, Miles would be happy. You know, he threw up once in my mouth when I was on the phone on the radio, doing the radio segment. Um, there were some bad moments, but for the most part, it was always Miles being happy. And I think a big part of that because we always took care of him. You know, he had he had um, this Husker mobile over his bed with all the players going around. He had these beanie babies that he used to hold on to when he was little. They were little Husker beanie babies. Um, he always had something to play with, and he always had what he needed. And I think a big part of when you provide a kid what they need for their life, for their happiness, they end up like Miles. Although, Logan's had everything, too, and Logan's not a happy kid. So, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. <laughs> One of the things I think you're hearing, and this, uh, this fits into the friendly fire attitude, I suspect some, is to see strong family. You just heard you just heard a father describe things that most of us would make a shudder. My wife and I thought maybe we had to get divorced because our finances were struggling so much. I had to have two jobs because and 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 he was they were in the hospital all the time. These are all things that they went through and to get his dad to say something to me that said this was a real struggle. I've had to almost dig in with him to get him to even and I'm a good lawyer. <laughs> it's hard to get him to say, but see the family. Tell me about family with this, Michael. I mean, would you have done this? Could you have done this on your own? You know what's crazy is that we don't. So there was no one living in town for us to be sharing, dropping the kids off. We were very lucky. Well, Effie came along later, but we were very lucky that there was Children's Home Health, and Children's Home Health. We could take Miles there when he was very little and had his trig still. We could take him to Children's Home Health and drop him off on Friday nights. And he would spend the night there and would allow us to maybe go get a meal together, get a full night's sleep. Because when he was with the trach, we had to sleep in his room. And you had to suction the trach. And you had to make sure the, the feeding machine was working and all that stuff. And it gave us those seven, eight, nine hours to just be away from that. And every Friday night, we looked forward to just having that break. And then we went back to what we were doing. A couple nights a week, nurse would come to the house. 
we have a chance to be able to you know sleep for a couple of hours while she was there. It, it was just a process that you went through. Could you have done this by yourself? No, even without my wife. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no way. I mean, she's the she's a social worker. She understands the process of all the medical stuff. She understands. You know, she's the one that got us the home health care stuff. There's a there's a grant out there to be able to allow us to go there and be able to do that based off a little girl who had died who had a trach. Her mother then put a fund together that we actually used. She had discovered all that stuff. There's no, there's no way we could have – I don't think either one of us could have done it alone. Okay, so being together matters. Yeah. Having a family matters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, 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 it would have been nice if we would have had, like, in-laws to where they could have helped and stuff, but – my family lives in Louisiana. My wife's family lives in, either in Beatrice or Nebraska City or somewhere else, not in Omaha, you know. And so it, that made it a little bit tough because it was just us. But we, never, we didn't go on a trip without them. We didn't go out of town without them except for one time, the 2006 USC-Nebraska game. Other than that, everywhere we went together because we could never leave them with anybody. Now with Miles' medical stuff, we, we went everywhere together. And he never felt cheated? Did I? No, no. It's been great. it's been great. I'm so happy how Miles turned out. I was, he's smart. He's always in a good mood. Um, you know, I think he's going to do great going forward. I, I'm glad he's healthier than he's uh, ever been before. So no, it's I don't feel cheated. Friendly fire audience, and I know Michael will disagree, but man, if there isn't some super being that's helping these people have attitudes, I or having these attitudes. Uh, and I'm sure Pastor Stu would say, yeah, there has to be. This, and I'm this from New Orleans, though. This can't be. I'm from New Orleans, though. Well, I didn't, we, say, we I didn't say you agreed with <laughs> we me. Know, we don't need a lot to have fun. But pastors, <laughs> when Pastor and Stu are next together, we're going to talk about this conversation, and he's going to say there's a there's there's something that makes you have that attitude that's so out of the bell curve, two or three standard deviations out of the bell curve. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. We only got a short time left. This has been super for me. Miles... Look, I want to make sure you understand this. I'm going to be back at Central next year. You were my teacher. And it's an interesting thing how student teachers get along. You were my teacher. Thank you for that. And, Michael, thank you for being here with your son. Thanks for inviting us. You guys have a great attitude. I hope people, I hope I can bottle it someday. In the meantime, love being with you. I'll be with you next week. As we always say on Friendly Fire, think about it. Talk about it. We'll see you next time.